I discovered last night that um, the reason we're here is that one of the chefs last night said, um, and he's more than the chef, obviously, but he said, he said, what's Oxford doing about the endangered archaeology in the Middle East and North Africa? So that's why we're here. Um, a number of thanks. I ought to thank the funders for the endangered archaeology in the Middle East. As you can see on here, um, in the middle there, there's the Arcadia Foundation. Without the Arcadia Foundation, the team that we've got um, called Endangered Archaeology in the Middle East and North Africa wouldn't be here. I would still be working for the Heritage Lottery Fund, looking forward to a quiet retirement. Um, but life has changed. And now maybe surprisingly, I want to start the day on a positive note in terms of the preservation of the archaeology in the Middle East and North Africa. At previous meetings such as these, there's been a, descent, a tendency to descend into a spiral of despondency and despair as image upon image bombard the audience senses and by the end of the day you are punch drunk by the repeated blows to the sights that you love seeing them being smashed to pieces. So some unendangered archaeology. Um, one of the aspects of our project and other projects we worked on is discovery. Um, I haven't time because I've only got 10 minutes uh, to go into this particular site but believe me there's a lot of archaeology uh, which is a, undiscovered, which is why we're doing what we're doing, and although I don't want in any way to diminish the severity of what's happening, um, because I have devoted my life to the cause of endangered archaeology, especially since leading the Heritage Lottery Fund, um, archaeology and archaeological sites are remarkably resilient, and this is one of them. Um, the MENA region, the Middle East and North Africa, does not have a monopoly on the destruction. Um, and here's just a few more sites where uh, this is one of the ones that David Kennedy has been working on, sites in Saudi Arabia, uh, pendants and keyhole structures. We haven't time to go into what these are, but ask me afterwards. Um, but if it wasn't for the destruction in Britain and Europe, uh, and particularly the destruction of the plough in the, in the 20th century, we would not have the specialism of aerial archaeology as we know it. And although today is about conflict, there are other factors uh, equally or even more destructive. Urban expansion, road and dam building, and the intensification of agriculture. And this is just an image of a village not far from here um, as a result of the intensification of agriculture. Now, what has this experience in terms of dealing with cultural heritage management and the destruction of archaeology taught the profession? And I think, if only the profession would listen, is that to improve the preservation of the cultural heritage, we first need to know what's there, how important it is, and what the threats to it are. Um, so by way of a rapid introduction to the endangered archaeology in the Middle East and North Africa, um, what I want to say is that we started in January 2015. Not sure what that is. Oh, yeah, there we are. There's the team. They don't know I've got this slide. Um, uh, and in its first year, it's recorded over 93,000 sites. It's worked in eight countries, Syria, Iraq, Jordan, Egypt, Yemen, Libya, Morocco, and Iran. And we've done a number of case studies in Jordan, Libya, and Morocco. The project is a rapid overview of what we can see from existing and open access satellite imagery, historical air photographs, and previous surveys. We do have a website, and uh, we also have a database which is soon to be launched on the unsuspecting public. Um, it's now live on the web, but we're going through a debugging phase, so we can't officially launch it today. But if you want to see some more detail of it, come and see me over lunch, 
what you've got here is a screenshot of all the of all the countries we've worked in. And if you can read them, I can't read the numbers there. Can you read the numbers? Um, but the numbers are the number of sites that have been recorded in each in each of those uh, countries. But the point I want to make is that the urgency of what we're doing cannot be overstated. The destruction that's going on is fast, extensive and accelerating. The questions for today are, how much is this as a result of conflict? And what are we doing about it? I suppose the other question is, and what's been the impact of the conflict on the cultural heritage? Um, this is just an example of the kind of thing we will get from the database. This is from the Mega Jordan database, which is up and running, and I recommend it to you. Um, a couple of slides just showing the nature of the destruction. Uh, here, this is the beginnings. This is a archaeologists are great at coming up with terms. This is a pendant burial, which presumably means it's a burial and looks like a pendant, but it is under uh, threat from destruction. Um, and here's another site. We refer to these as kite sites. But you can see the bulldozer, and for those, for those of you who know parts of the Middle East, there's a bulldozer everywhere, um, destroy, destroying parts of the site, but others of these have been completely destroyed. Um, but what we want to look at is, uh, the next three slides are really just um, the, the number of sites that we think have been affected purely as a result of conflict. And you may see these again when Emma is here this afternoon, if she makes it. Emma Cunliffe uh, and Jenny Bradbury put these slides together. And it's really just to show the nature and number of sites that are affected by conflict. Um, this, so the first one was just through ISIS or Daesh. These are more um, attacks involving heritage in terms of extremism right across the region. From what we know, and this is only a small uh, portion of what we know, there are other teams working on it. and. Um, I commend to you two public, uh, well, one, one publication, but two articles in particular, one by Jesse Cassana and one by Elizabeth Stone in the Journal of Near Eastern Archaeology, Volume 78, Special Issue, published in September 2015. Uh, an American group that are working on that. And then, oh, I thought there were three slides. There are. Um, and here, just the number of sites, if you look in, in Yemen, uh, in terms of damaged buildings. Now, a lot of those will be in, in the towns. So it's not, it's not trying to play down the, the, the threats and damage from conflict, but you have to see it in the context of, of a wider uh, damage. And finally, I just wanted to introduce the heritage cycle. Um, we think that uh, our approach is cost-effective, an efficient means of making an initial re record in countries where rapid survey and landscape ar archaeology are not in their vocabulary. Um, estimates of the number of sites that we'll find are in the millions, but it's not the individual sites. It's really um, the articulation of their sites, whether they be prehistoric, Roman, Islamic, Ottoman, or 20th century. Um, what we want to do is raise awareness, not only of the, of what, of the information we've created, but of the problems that we're facing. And through, we have done, uh, we've created a series of conferences and workshops called Protecting the Past. And I'll show you the website addresses just in a minute on the next slide. Um, I don't want to delay any further, and, great, and I've been very grateful to have been allowed to open the day and set the scene. But we do, I do want to reinforce the, reinforce the point that we are doing something about it, and it's not just in Oxford, but actually worldwide. But we do need more help. Um, to deliver our ultimate goal, which is an improvement of the preservation of the heritage in the Middle East and North Africa. And that is a long-term goal. 
Today is about understanding, um, and as you can see, this was something that um, I've stolen from the Heritage Lottery Fund, but they apparently stole it from English Heritage, and I used to work for English Heritage, and the next time you see this, it'll have a meaner along the bottom. So, um, but it works, because if you understand what you've got, you may, you may then value it. And that valuing can be any, any type of value, but it can be economic value. Then you might care about it, and then ultimately you might enjoy it. Because that's part of the reason Palmyra touches so many people's hearts, is that it is a place that they want to, to be. But today is about understanding. Um, it's about understanding what people are doing, but also why it's happening in the first place. So our project is a beginning, as is this talk, the starter for what will be a feast of information for the day, rounded off by a postprandial discussion of what next and what more we can do. So there are a pantheon of stars to follow me. That's enough from me. And just, I promised you websites. Those are the uh, details of how to get in touch with us. Thank you very much.